1: If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
2: We talk about food, we talk about music, with musical dudes, finger on the pulse, snacky tune.
3: Got to hold that last keynote. Got to let we it talk in. About
2: food.
3: Nope. No, we don't. No, we don't. What well, were we going to about do that? That was just Porches. Uh, we have Aaron here uh, live today in studio. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, we'll be hearing a l- lot more about the band and getting some live music from him later on. But uh, first up, uh, we have uh, Sushi Ko in the house. Uh, you guys want to grab those microphones, put those right in your face. Sorry, we're just—it's Sunday. Hello. We're drinking. We're drinking what? You were posing. You look so good.
4: <laughs> Sorry, we just—we have to relax today. Yeah, yeah this, it's, the, it's
3: the day we can. I appreciate it on your day off. You're coming in and doing a little PR. But well, we have. Thank you for having us. Uh, chef owner John Daly in the house and sommelier and beverage director Davis Anderson. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, we had a. I've now been there twice. We went there for friends and family. Shout out to Sean. Thank you so much. PR men doing doing this thing.
4: PR on P- P- the house. How you doing? P- P- and, D- and sons.
3: And then uh, I was in last week with uh, Jamie, my new roommate. Um, <laughs>
4: and there's got, there's got to be a better way to word that if you want to have your return home tonight.
3: <laughs> uh, and we went, we
0: had. She's not listening, so it's fine. We had
3: an amazing meal. Um, so, John, let's start with you first. Um, how did you wind up in one of the top rated sushi spots and smallest sushi spots in New York
4: City? What was the journey? Where did it start? Uh, well, long long and short of it is after I got back from working in Japan no sushi bar in town would hire me so I had to open my own restaurant come on really
2: I
3: swear to why I would
4: mind. why wouldn't they hire you I don't know I don't know come and, on and I and I on the uh, on the couldn't.
3: nights that where it's like it's like 3 a.m insomnia total self-doubt there had to be some reason that creeped into the back of the head
4: yeah well the uh, you know near York, near York sushi has always been a dream of mine um, I don't know any chef. Uh, especially nowadays, who isn't working to get their own place at some point in time, um, on some level, uh, I appreciate the intimacy that uh, the New York City School offers, and, and that that I have the ability to offer there. Uh, essentially, there's there's a message I want to conduct, you know, like convey, like from myself to the guests, and in such a small setting, without without channels like runners, servers, expediters, you know, back waiters, you know, there's you know. The message doesn't get distorted. It it doesn't. I mean, it's maybe I'm a control freak. You know, maybe 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 I don't want to be able. To, you know, maybe I don't want the responsibility of having a, a large staffed commander or a larger floor or space to take care of. But it's just, it's a much you know cooler vibe at, at New York Shushka. And as far as uh, the journey, it's it started out washing dishes uh, and making egg rolls when I was 15 in the Chinese restaurant. You want to
3: shout? Do you want to shout it out? Uh, who, who gave me your first big <laughs> break?
4: But it's, it, his name is Jimmy Chen. It's called, Yeah, Lucky Jimmy. That's what I call him. That's his little nickname to me. Lucky and Jimmy. Was, yeah. And,
3: and then how did the Japan uh, education come about? Well, hold on. Before we get to Japan, how did the? I mean, I'm assuming you were led there by sushi, right?
4: Yes. I I wound up working for uh, Masato Shimizu at 15 East. Okay. And if I if I adopted him as my master, and he you know adopted me as as his student, I could go train with his master. So I went to go train with his master in Japan. That's how. Is like, it that is my, formal? Uh, it, essentially, yeah. We're talking like
3: handshake, pinky swear, blood swap. What are we talking? Well, about?
4: it's it's more like you know, like if if I didn't follow through with my end of, of the bargain of, of being a good apprentice, a, a good a good little dog to be kicked sometimes, then uh, then it's you know, it's like shame for like generations of my family to come and like you know, what's my name in this town? Like, what do you do? You know, like.
1: Ooh. If, Shame it. card.
4: If as a chef, all you have is you know like your name and your food, and in the town like New York, it's you know it's kind of it's kind of tough to you know to shit on it. Over, yeah, over and over again. And I think at some point in time, we all wind up you know putting putting ourselves in the box or in the doghouse. You know, it's and, tough.
3: Yeah, it's it's very, it's <clears> tough <throat> to when your trade and your name are so closely related, if not synonymous at times. It's tough not to put yourself in the doghouse because sometimes you need to. Yeah. Sometimes, unfortunately, get, walking away is the, the right choice, yeah. even
4: though it, you, there's repercussions. You get, a, you get a tough Yelp review, something like that. You, you tell someone to, to ask someone nicely to leave your sushi bar, you know, that sort of thing. All yeah. That, all that stuff will put you right in the doghouse. Well, that was one of the
3: best things about eating at the <laughs> restaurant. Um, Jamie and I were at the bar, and this couple showed up late, and they showed up separately. And I believe the guy requested to be at the table... David, what happened there?
5: So what had happened is uh, we had had a last-minute cancellation and had some reservations open up in the evening. So we had uh, Stephen, who runs our reservation line, yeah. start reaching out to people. This was one of the ones that came in. They said they could be there in 20 minutes. We're like, all right. Great. We can fit you in at the bar. We'll get it. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the gentleman shows up first. I offer him the couple seats at the bar. He asks for a different spot. I tell him that because we are going to be tight, I can't give him the spot that he wants. Right. And... We say, if you don't want these, we can offer you the table. He's like, oh, I'll take the table. And I was like, fantastic. Go sits down at the table. His guest doesn't arrive for another half an hour. Oh, my God. Yeah. We start moving around because we now know, have these two seats to play with where we're seating people. And the seats that he wanted, I think you wound up in one of them because we just shifted something around. Right. And he goes, you told me those seats weren't available. And then you put these guys in them and just started yelling at me. And that's when Chef jumped in.
4: Some Sometimes, you know, it's like... Especially if if a if a customer is going to be, um, what's the word I'm really looking for? Abrasive. Abrasive. You know that if, is if, the polite way to say if, it. Yeah, if a customer is going to be abrasive, then it's it's it can go down kind of two ways: stop or go. And go means go. Yeah. Elsewhere. You know, no, stop it was means amazing. Tone it down a bit, or go means just just take it somewhere else, and you can have a you can have a wonderful meal. You, your guest, your companion, your attitude can all. Do. Yeah, there's yeah. extra seats for those. I mean, the there's. The uh,
3: it. it was great. You were like so locked in concentration. Then you picked not an eye up. You said you can leave, and then not ten minutes later, someone from Del Posto walked in, sat right down in that guy's seat, and I'm the, assuming they had a lovely meal. Yeah, yeah they, they, they did. Know.
5: We got them over to the sushi bar when we had seats over there, and they Beautiful. had a great night with us. Yeah, no, it's a uh, uh, chef touch on this. It's an it's eleven bar seat eleven seats, and. Everyone in there, their vibe is going to affect everyone else's meal. Oh, totally. So we want to make sure that everyone's having a good time. And if yeah. someone's going to come in with that attitude, they don't necessarily need to be there. It's were the uh,
3: <laughs> were the eleven seats just as a result of because of the space you had, or was it you know it's like I wanted? Well, it. it's
4: a capability too. Because um, it's just you, right? Yeah. It, do you do all the prep? Con- conceptually, yeah, yeah. Like if anything that yeah. walks in the door to like a plate, it, like goes through my hands, and my hands alone. Um, at a certain point, the, the, the idea was conceived with, you know, like a sous chef kind of in mind, but the size is small enough to where they're almost in the way, and unless they're really apt at making sushi or have, like, very similar training, or think the way I think, they kind of can't stand behind the sushi bar and, you know, perform making, you know, execute food dishes that, that I want to, to make, so, uh. So, yeah, so, so it is just me, and and, I, and so the 11 seats, I didn't want to stress myself too thin. No. Also, I mean, hot. You know, like, like I don't know, it's it's, it's New York fucking city, dude, you, can get, you know? I mean, it's, rent
3: rent is usually one of the biggest costs Rents a big any line too. budget. So let's just go back, before we start to move forward again,
4: on your time in Japan. Where did you study? How long were you be there? Uh, I was at Sukaroku in Kameido, which is, it's in between Chiba and Akihabara, the electric city, if you, if you have any... Uh, uh, you know familiarity with, with Tokyo um, it's all the Tokyo area it's about 15 minutes via car from Skiji, 30 minutes via train to Shinjuku i had to take the train one morning because i missed the car ride to Tsukiji. Um, just sleeping and just slept I mean, I literally saw it driving down the street.
3: Like what's a what was a week like? Like take us through so, like a Sunday through so, Saturday.
4: So so okay, so Sunday Sunday is the the, the the day you wake up and you get to rest and eat, so it's probably better we start on a Monday. Okay. okay. Mon- Monday's your uh you know, it's 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 literally they're not joking, man. It's 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 six AM. You're standing and waiting for, you know, master to drive you to Skiji and then I would just I would I would stand I would wait and collect the fish you know that that he had selected you know that, and I would you know after you know the first the first week or the the first month I would just watch you know and the, like the first week the first month part of it, I would just I would just watch yeah and um and then you know the, the second month I got you know I felt more comfortable asking questions you know and 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 i would I would pick up fish and you know he would he would essentially say, you know pick out five pieces of this or five pieces of that." You know, and I got to pick him out, and, and he'd go, you know, not this one, and, and kind of tell me why, or, like, point at the reason why. So so there's a, a bit of a, uh, like, an actual, like, et- learning process involved in going to, uh, to Skiji as well. But just going going to Skiji, and the sights, the sounds, the smells, seeing the process of literally the fish coming, if you stand on the bridge at 5 a.m., you could, or actually 3, or 4 a.m., you could watch the fish be unloaded off the boat, the back of Skiji Market, and then you know you walk around and have a snack and have a breakfast and then you know they're just being sold you know and there there's a day I, I i wanted to see the the tuna auction i didn't want to make my master wake up an hour early to take me so i just stayed up kind of all night and walked to Skegee. Wow. took photos along the way all the business and uh it's you know it's a new york man yeah. you know <laughs> and uh and and when i got when i got there you know, I put on my big dumb like rubber ski boots because it, it's wet. You know, the, the funniest thing is to see people. People treat it like it's a meatpacking district. You're like, yeah, it's cobblestones, but don't wear your, your high heels there. You know, like people get off the plane and like they'll walk around like, like it's it's the the best way for me to describe ski gee is it's kind of like a like a steel mill or it's, it's like a definite like work environment. You know, so th- as a tourist as a tourist area, it's, it's, it's odd, you know, as, as a foreigner, I had to see both sides of it, I got to see the, the side as a tourist, you know, from the eyes of a tourist, you know, coming and visiting and being like, wow, this is so amazing, and wanting to take pictures, but then also from the side of someone working there, to where it's like, wow, like, like, here I am, like, actually trying to follow my master, who's like, moving quite quickly through, through the, uh, you know, through the scouting house, through the, you know, little fish shops, and, and, and people get in your way, yeah, you know, and, and I'm sure I was in a lot of people's way, too, so it's.
3: But it's civilized.
4: It uh, that's that's the <laughs> antithesis of any word I would use to okay, describe never mind. Market. Yeah, as as far as a, like maybe like American society, American you know civility goes. Most certainly not. It's 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 hyper Japanese, and it's and it's like working and efficiency, and just get out of the fucking way before like something bad happens. You know. I
3: mean, and you know, is it about relationships with the the people where they'll set aside certain
4: pieces of fish, or is like first one? Well, there? there's there's probably. Let's, let's say there's 200 stalls at Skiji. You're only going to shop from about 10 or 12 of them, and uh, you know that that means there's probably 10 or 12 other stalls selling the same exact thing. You know, right. there's 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 a lot of people doing the same thing there, and it's the relationships that um that that uh, that my master has cultivated at this point. You know, with with his with the people that he buys fish from, whether he buys it from uh, the the generation, like the son of the person he used to buy the fish from, or he still buys the fish from the person he has been buying fish from for the past forty years. It's Keiji. It's it's really it's really kind of like a beautiful thing to see. Um, how it is a very generational, very family, you know, uh, aspect as far as the fish dealing, fish mongering goes. As Keiji, does I mean,
3: does the same uh, concept of shame and name and reputation come into this, or is it all business? Yeah, I mean that's all Japanese. Man
4: right <laughs> you know, like as far as far as from from my foreign round gadge and eyes that's that's what i've seen is 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 there's definitely like you can you can de like Get a bad piece of fish. You, you can, you can, sh- you can. I've, I've, I've accidentally done it because, like, for some reason, I've, I've, like, for, for a second, I thought I was someone who could do it, and like, I realized I'm most certainly and no one who should be doing it. But like, I like, shamed like this, like sales rep, you know. And I was like, I was like, man, come on, like you, you guys have like screwed up like three, four times, you know, this, and that, and like, he came in like limping, dragging his foot, like, you know, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. It's like, it's, like I've been you, like training for sushi, like yeah. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. So like, please, man, like, like, like come on, like. Just be honest with me, just tell me, like, dude, like, send me a taxi, and apparently he got hit by a taxi. So, like, send me a, send me, a, yeah. let me know he got hit by a taxi, and I won't, like, put some pressure, I won't put pressure. expectations on you, you know, hence oh. the shame would be falling upon you <laughs> and
3: <laughs> your children. Um, one question, then we'll play a play a song, Yeah, and then we'll talk about the the new beverage program and the restaurant and everything. Uh, what was, when you went, when you went there to train, was there, like, okay, you'll be here for, like, 18 months, or... How did, like,
4: what was... Well, I bought a one... The, when I, the first time I went to Japan, I bought a one-way ticket. Right. Um, and I figured, and, and please, like I know this is going to sound so awful, um, I was going to handle it kind of like a Mexican uh, does coming to work in, in New York, like the illegal like border yeah. hopping style where it's like, hey, I have my passport, I got into the country, but uh, you can't work under a visa, so I was just going to go to Korea for a couple of days after 90 days and go back, and it's, it's kind of like, you know, I, yeah. I didn't have a job in america to speak of you know and and no real ties other than the young lady i was seeing at the time so i was able to you know stay as long as i wanted to and i was i was just approaching the 90 day mark when uh when the earthquake of 2011 hit so i had to you know there there there's an evacuation you know my mom was really nervous i was like yeah let me let me get out of here and plus also every night after the earthquake it would like the earth would just shake when I was going to sleep, and it would just shake me awake, like at like you know five a.m. I was ne- never late, didn't didn't miss the car ride in ski during like those few days, and I even went to ski g uh, the Monday and Tuesday following the earthquake, and it was it was interesting to see like business as usual, you know, all throughout. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, how so? How long were you in Japan for? I'll uh, probably combine total of
3: like five months. Got it. Yeah. Cool. We're here with uh, the boys of Sushi Co. So, John, you leave Tokyo post earthquake, and you're back in New York. And what was the road like in between being back in New York to opening the restaurant?
4: Uh, from back in New York, from the earthquake to opening the restaurant, there was also another two months spent in Japan. And uh, the, the main thing—the main thing that really made New York Sushi Co. happen, you know, in 2012, 2013. More so than, than like, let's say 2015, you know, um, was when I actually thought it probably would happen was just the the necessity for it to happen. Yeah. Like, I actually couldn't get hired anywhere in New York. What? And I
3: mean, there's no, there's not one thing, not the tattoos, I, not the... You nothing.
4: know, so, so you know, but because, <laughs> so so the, the tattoos didn't hit the hands yet, you know, so I could, no. al- I could always cover them up and you could always wear, like, you know, sleeves or compressing, yeah. you know, garments and whatnot. Um, So that's never been too much of an issue. But literally all, you know, like, uh, what's like your sushi dens, your sushi hatsuhana, you know, and, you know, places that weren't Masa or 15 years where I had worked before. And, um, you know, there was sometimes I was received well, you know, they'd be like, oh, hey, I'll I'll pass it along. We can't use anyone right now. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, it's kind of like I got the old like, oh, like making sushi, sure thing, you know. I was like, wow, like here I am you know fresh out of japan you know the language is fresh in my mouth i can speak it with you you know and and you see my my resume but you know essentially it's just i needed to open the restaurant i needed to actually do I, y'all need to do me son yeah, yeah it's gotta <laughs> yeah. be me so the restaurant it's beautiful oh,
3: thank nine you. months
4: so far yeah. so far nine months baby.
3: and stunning reviews new york times everybody not yet. Well, they, no, but the piece, you, yeah, you, yeah, the piece that you're mentioning, we're is, is, we're,
4: the, we're the we're actually I I will say this, you know, and, and I'll go I'll go. We're sitting around wondering like when that like, time yeah, because because we're the we're the one restaurant from like that article that article that has gotten well, It's kind of like you know, it's, dro- it's almost like hey, news is good news sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't, well, don't look, be so I, quick to jump I into mean, the pan.
3: His last four star restaurant was knocks so off oh. it. so it's gonna be a second before he reviews. Another sushi another spot. Another sushi spot. Unfortunately. Okay.
4: No, the Hey, hey guess, that actually makes sense. We, we
3: hadn't
5: thought about like that. that. That makes a lot of sense. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um,
3: <laughs> so you've been open and uh, talk a little bit about the food and your approach because you know sushi is such a you know it's it's artistry. It's so
4: personal, and your approach is definitely unique. Well, the way I feel about sushi is you know like a, a, there's there's a few things and there's there's a few reasons why I, I like shape my food or, or how I actually my food the way I do. Um, but but sushi like just sushi in New York City has kind of been handled other uh, until like you know a restaurant like Masa arrived. You know sushi has been handled essentially the same way, you know either either stripped down pedestrian, yeah, or way ultra traditional. You know Masa came along and there was you know and I, I, I would hate I, you know I would I'm not going to say fusion but there was you know there was there's you know a, a you know a fusion of styles. You know whereas it, where it was like hey like you know you're seeing French food. Conducted this way You're seeing You know Or you're seeing These ingredients Implemented in Japanese traditional Cooking Like we've never Seen before And um And that You know Eight nine years ago That was That was kind of Something you know, special For New York City Yeah you know, As as I believe it, it it probably still Is today Um And so 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 sushi Sushi's pretty much Been taken As in that approach As either you know Roles or, or Traditionalist and my, my approach, the reason why I execute things with like a different flair or whatever, um, execution is, is kind of, a, you know, how, how can I make my food stand out? You know, if we, if it essentially, if there's like 20 or 30 sushi chefs I give a, f- in this town that are actually like, you know, trying to deliver a product to their customers that's, you know, either superior than the man sent to the left of them. Yeah. You know, um, we all have essentially the same ingredients at our disposal. Yeah. You know, there's, 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 we all have like our own secret connection or our own little special this or special that, you know, but the bottom line is the FDA is going to stop that at some point, you know, that, that right. like there's, we, we all have limitations on, on, on our, our devices. So with, with the same, with the same, with the same box of, you know, 72 crayola crayons, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, like, is what is it? How does your skill set use that? You know, and it's kind of like I'm just trying to think outside the box with it. With you know, a blowtorch? Yeah, with a blowtorch? <laughs> and with,
3: uh, tuna chicharrones? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. You know, so explain, like, explain what that is because that's probably that's the first time I ever saw it with the uh, the mesh sieve and everything.
4: Well, so so the the tuna chicharrones the, uh it's from a piece of tuna lardone, which okay. is typically discarded or uh, or or pressed. For its its oil and yeah. and, and discarded as a piece of thready, sinew or tendon, um, you know one of the first lessons you learn as a cook or as a, a chef or even as a sushi chef especially is no waste, no waste. Nothing is you a know, whole buffalo, so it's like why like why am I throwing this away, you know why am I throwing this away or why am I wasting my time beating it up with a spoon trying to get this oil that's yeah. either going to be lost on the napkin when I wipe it up. Or stuck in the certain paper that we store and wrap the, the tuna in, um, even when I do chop it up. So I fear I leave it intact and work with it as is. And I decided to. What, is it, what does it look like? It's, it, looks, uh, it looks like you've become a chicharrón if you treat it. Yeah. That way. So that's what a lot. Like I'm. You know, I, I I I I say oftentimes I'm I'm really simple, like maybe you know, and and so uh, so that so. So I kind of do things that are really easier. Like, if it looks like this, let me turn it into that. Yeah. You know? Like, it looks like this. Make it taste like that. You know? Like, you know. Red yeah. equals red. You know? like And uh, the other thing, before we
3: get into the beverage program, is that you also do aged fish. Uh,
4: yeah, I've, start, I've started to, um...
3: Which is, you know, because when you think of sushi, you think, um... You know, fresh out of the water onto the plate, but you actually age sushi a couple of days. Yeah, so
4: I've I've started to, to experiment now and uh, kind of take what I observed at a uh, to to more of like a full-on level, um, and that's by aging tuna uh, myself. And you know, chefs chefs speak of it, and you see it happening uh, at Skiji market. They'll they'll get a fish, and, and I would watch a loin that would have a certain marking on it. You know, a certain um, you know quarter of a of a tuna be rotated from one refrigerator to another refrigerator, and then, you know, as time would go by, I would look and there would be different temperatures on the refrigerators, you know? They would have different dressing, Um, and the size of it would change, but the piece of paper would remain the same, so it was the very same loin being circulated and being aged. Um, Usually at Tsukiji they age between, you know, 7 to 9 to 14 days, depending on the size of the loin. Uh, I know that if I get a fish, typically a a tuna, it's probably been out of the water handled before I get it at least three Mm -hmm. to five days, you know? So I've been, I've been taking, you know, my, my loin and I've been aging it, you know, in my own fashion, you know, and and kind of, you know, essentially applying, applying what I saw at ski G to, you know, just applied science. Like, Hey, like this is the so the first time I got to experiment with it was on my week off, because if I'd never got a week off after the New Year, I would have never been able to actually do it. But I got to actually you know, monitor its temperature, and literally watch it and check in on it, you know, three, four times a day, for the three, four days. And then, so, the restaurant opened back up again, and the second load of food I got, since then I did the same process, I aged it in the same fashion, and I you know, kind of achieved success with it. So it's... It's, it's awesome. It's, 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 it's,
3: it's fresh, but a little funky. It's like, unlike, it's, so, it's tender, too.
4: Yeah, Super the, the main reason why I do it is is for the the texture yeah, the of, of the economy totally of the of the red meat, and also to, to bring out really the um, when you eat like almost like a, like a truffle, or when you when you take a drink of wine, you, the exhale, you know, like we yeah. breathe out through your nose. Um, uni does this for you. You know, truffles do it for you. Caviar can do it for you. Um, and some fish lends itself to be to have the ability to do that like, like sabas and mackerel fish and, and hakimono can do that um, and tuna there's a giant jackfish that can also do it as well and I just that's kind of how that's where I took that one you know? it's
3: amazing now one of the other new uh, additions to this year is uh, Davis Davis is the man yeah. Davis as the psalm and beverage director <laughs> which you know for an 11 seat restaurant you would not expect a full on psalm standing there taking care of all your
4: I never thought I would need one you know but it, <laughs> but it's but it's it's one of those things where the way I I, I want to play with food and, and also the hoops yeah. I want to jump through um, that, that I put myself through like I, I purposely set my I purposely challenged myself throughout the evening to like make it interesting for me So I I want someone who can respond to that. And I wasn't getting that out of a server, you know, or the bar that I had set for the position. So, you know, I'll let Davis, you know. Thank you, chef.
3: So what is your approach looking at this menu and and putting together the the beverage list?
5: Uh, Well, like any beverage director who steps into a position, I I mean, I inherited a large list when I came in. Um, And I know there have been some reviews on it that have said that it was good, but not great. And I think it was really well suited to what chef was doing when I came in. It just wasn't necessarily being implemented in the right way. And I think doing the beverage pairing program, um, was something that chef wanted. And I think something that we needed to really show what that list can do. I've started really started bulking it up and adding a few things, but much like there's only 11 seats at the bar, there's only so much room to store so much wine. Of course. Um, and sake, of course. Um, I think probably the biggest challenge so far has been getting people to realise they can have western wine with some of these dishes yeah. in addition to sake.
3: No, it's great, the balance is great, the, the choices are great. What's your favorite uh, food and drink pairing there?
4: And, and and also what let me put you on the spot too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how how, well, do, how, how do you because of because of how I I like literally just go off the cuff, how do you in your mind like pair on the spot to food being put on the spot? Like to or to drinks being put on the spot, which doesn't happen too often.
5: No, um, well, I was very lucky that I had taken a year off from working in restaurants and was working distribution, which is how I met Chef. And I started eating at the restaurant quite a bit before he brought me on. So I've seen a lot of the flavors and a lot of the processes that he plays with. So I kind of uh, know what he has in his coloring box. And like you know, you said you have seventy-two Crayola crayons. I get myself a couple of Crayolas to play with, and hopefully we draw a picture that goes well together. Yeah Um, I'm sorry I lost your question after his Uh, My
3: question was uh, just your favorite pairing Between food and
5: My favorite pairing Well the dishes are always changing uh, But for me it's probably As we get into those last little bits Of um, uh, Toro uh, Most people will see Like the the last piece of Otoro uh, which is done with a little Ginger soy glaze I've just brought in a really cool sake From Tamagawa that is uh called time machine and it is a uh, recipe that the uh toji there a british gentleman found from 1712 that he just didn't recognize and started playing with and uh it's more like in style it's got a higher sugar and higher acid content it's really kind of funky and out there but it's delicious uh i've only had a couple days but everyone i put in front of especially with that piece seems to be freaking out about how good it is and uh I I did it because I was freaking out about how good it was.
3: That's awesome. Well, boys, there's not enough time to talk about all the amazing things you're doing. For such a small restaurant, it's really doing some big things. Um, Stick around, hang out. Thank Uh, you you so much for the wine. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, for those who are trying to get reservations there, what's the best approach?
5: Always the, the best wishes Yeah, text the reservation line. Get in touch with Steven. It's uh yeah, always the best way to get in touch. Should,
4: should I just plug it real quick? Just yeah, it? plug yeah. it. <laughs> just, 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 just please, you know, nine one seven seven three four five eight five seven, or anytime after ten p.m. because we're open until about one a.m. Because don't be afraid to stop in late. Yeah, you're we're in hood, usually having a lot of fun nicely tuned up and you know just come on in and get some fish and some rice you know? yeah do you get a lot of walk-ins that late at night we do we do Yeah. That's
5: we'll awesome. be there till like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning a often with uh, neighborhood locals it's great yeah,
4: we'll do like half our business after 10pm and then what time are you I back in for prep what's that what time are you back in for prep uh, between 10 11 12 a.m. the next day <laughs> you know? nuts and
5: uh, real quick the website com.
4: yeah Yes. Yeah. awesome guys so rad I'll be back soon Please forward look, look forward to having you. Yeah.
3: Welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thanks for having me. Riding solo today. Yes, sir. Uh, band, how was the show last night? Show was last night. Baby's all right. It yeah. was great. Yeah, shout out to those guys. For sure, they'll be on the show in a few weeks. Whole uh, takeover hour. Uh, so I first saw you guys play at Cameo maybe like a few weeks ago, and then did some digging and realized that you are prolifically live show playing band. Almost all the comments are like, "This band plays a ton in yeah. uh, Brooklyn," which is great because I feel like there's some bands who are like. It's our backyard we're gonna play like three or four times a year. What's your uh what led you guys do you guys say yes to everything or is it how selective is it? Uh
6: we try and keep it to like two New York shows a month so as not to oversaturate our hometown. Yeah. Uh but we pretty we pretty much go out every weekend if we can to Philly or upstate western New York, uh Vermont sometimes. Where where in upstate New York? New Paltz, Bard, the colleges up there, oh, okay. so purchase.
3: Uh how are college I mean, it's been I think probably like eight years since I've been to a college show since I left college. Yeah, eight how, years. What was your last college show? Oh, Matt and Kim. Yeah. College, I actually I right? take that back. I went to go see a college show maybe like five, six years ago, and I was like, Well, I'm not old but I felt old. Uh but how are college shows or I mean, how do they differ from like where you know, playing in Williamsburg or uh, Shea Stadium?
6: College shows are great. Uh, I think a lot of the time the kids are excited to um have some band come to their school right off the bat, you know yeah. because they're often secluded in places where they can't really get out of there yeah and uh, they also have a lot of money to pay us.
3: yeah, you know I did uh, yeah. I mean it's I did like college yeah yeah, well, yeah we, we, we both booked shows in college except I went to you went to a private school and I went to a public university and we had no money, but every booking agent was like, it's a college, it's a payday. So no one would come play our university because they thought we were lowballing them. We just didn't really have any right. any yeah. money. But I mean, it's it's also because you're dealing with like eighteen or nineteen year old like bookers who have no concept of budget. Right. Well,
6: <laughs> we try not to shoot too high. You yeah. know, if if we enjoy hanging out at the place, we'll
3: we'll go there. And... Do you do you stay over or do you like play the show and come back? It depends. What does it depend on? How far it is? Yeah. If uh, anyone
6: is up for. Driving back, staying sober.
3: Yeah. Um if you get someone to swipe you into the dining hall. Yeah,
6: that's always uh a treat, I guess. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's fun sometimes to stay over and hang out, meet new people and get breakfast in the morning. It like it's a whole nother experience at yeah. that point. So at the,
3: so, at, the di- at the dining hall. I mean, at the dining hall it's or like,
6: the local diner.
3: Yeah, it's like fifteen different types of cuisine. On a swipe, or yeah, the diner. The diner experience is also awesome. Just like bottomless cup of coffee, two eggs, hash. What's your diner? What's your general diner? Yeah,
6: movie? I like the standard two eggs, over easy scrambled rye toast. Just check it out. Rye toast. Rye
3: toast. That's kind of like the that's and that's the Coffee. Love. Yeah. I love yeah. shitty coffee. I don't think I've ordered anything <laughs> else other than two eggs in some form in the last. That could be my last meal if I was on death row. Two eggs. <laughs> two eggs. <laughs> two eggs toast. <laughs> But you know they probably wouldn't have rye toast. I'll put. Imagine you were on death row and you ordered like two eggs over easy, and they came out hard. Oh, the <laughs> yolks weren't running. The yolks weren't running. Could you, could you yeah. send it back? Can we put this off? Uh, hey man. And get the eggs. Hey, listen, man. I ordered right? this over easy. This is this is over hard. Um. So take us back a little bit to the the start of Porches and a little bit of self history. Well, Porches started.
6: Um, I think beginning of 2010 I had just uh, dropped out of college I was studying painting at SUNY Purchase and uh, I went on tour with my old band for about a month and a half uh, One of our friends took us out and once I had a little taste of that I kind of knew that you know I wanted to to really continue. Performing and touring and pursuing music uh, as much as I could, so I decided to not go back and have been pursuing pursuing it since. And so once we got back from that tour, I feel like I it was a it was a very big learning experience, and I wanted to start from scratch. So I I found this keyboard on tour, and uh, when I was home, I. You kind of get like post tour depression sometimes when you're you're out there every yeah. night and like you play and it feels great and it's fun and then you get home and you're like, oh man, like when when's the next one? So yeah. I, that that's when uh, porches started.
3: <laughs> get back on road all the time.
6: Well, you know, as the years have gone by, it's less <laughs> the kind of glitter of touring is worn off a little bit. It's still fun, but anyways, I was back at my mom's house. No job, so I was in the basement every day working on these tracks and that's how uh, porches came about.
3: What were some of the lessons that you learned from uh, from being on the what was the the band you went out with what was it uh, it was
6: called Space Ghost Cowboys, and we were supporting the solo artist ramona cordova mm-hmm. and uh i don't know I just up until that point I had lived to Pretty sheltered life in the suburbs, and uh, you know I went to college 20 minutes away at SUNY Purchase. So just to travel and like meet all these new people making really exciting music uh, was really inspiring, and uh, kind of lit a fire under my booty <laughs> to uh, step it up. Uh, can we hear a song? Yeah, uh, I will play a song. It's called Zanny Bar. Does your knuckle tattoo say "Nice Fish"?
4: Uh,
6: fish and rice. Fish and rice. Yeah. I'm gonna get one that says "Nice Fish."
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
7: I couldn't help from noticing you across the bar. Hello, I'm
2: running, I'm
7: falling apart Do you want me back like I want you? You said I'm and I've always been a mess
6: Well, nice
7: to meet you Maybe
2: we'll
7: undress, but we could just slide down. We both could use the rest.
2: Ah,
7: so I hold on, I hold on to a dim. I felt to greatness when I laid within your grassy
2: realm
7: Crawled across the floor to a patched up helm Your hips the balmy swell in porno hell And I said, hey, would you want to join the loner metal band? And you said maybe we could just hold hands.
6: Well, if that's the only place
7: they'd land, I'd die a happy So I hold on, I hold on to a dim cigarette, and I take a deep breath 'cause I know you can't. I know.
3: awesome so from uh mom's basement to playing uh, your first show as porches what was what was that journey
6: um well I recorded the first Porches EP with my friend up in Ithaca's five songs, I released that before I had any band together, and uh, was asked to go on tour again, and I was just going to try it by myself with an iPod and singing, (laughs) so there was like a little stint where that's how it went, (laughs) and it was funny. It was okay. You know, it's definitely not like playing in a band. So then I got a guitar player to play while I sang to the iPod, and then ultimately we got a drummer. For a while we were using the the electronic backing tracks, and then once the band was in order, we kind of did away with that because it, it was more trouble than it was worth at that point, just... Yeah. I was not having that much fun performing it.
3: Well, I mean, there's no spontaneity. Like, right. You're, you're like, it It was just play. like
6: the dictator of the band was the iPod and <laughs> it was, you know.
3: Hey man, he's being a real dick today.
6: Yeah. yeah, Real dick. So we, we kicked him out. <laughs> yeah. and, um,
3: just, snapped it in, just snapped it in half. There you go. I don't think you're working out. Yeah. Uh, Siri, can you fire? Yeah. <laughs> can you fire, yeah. please? Uh, but, I mean, but, you know, funny and okay in early days is kind of awesome. I mean, it's frustrating then, but to, like, be like, you know, these are just, you know, early days of figuring stuff out.
6: Yeah, it was good. It was a good, long, slow uh, process of getting the, the group we have together today. But, you know, it's worth it because it's it's the best group Torches has had yet. So,
3: I'm happy. You want to shout out your band members?
6: Yeah, I would like to do that. There's uh, Cameron Wish. Shout out. Out in Bushwick. On the drums. Greta Klein. Frankie Cosmo is uh, having a band practice in Crown Heights. Kevin Ferrant. He's on his day off. He's a teacher. And then there's Say Jewel. Also his day off. Works at a Japanese restaurant Ooh! Oh. <laughs> Look
3: at that crossover. Snacky uh, Tunes. S- bringing Snacky tunes. Tunes. guys in <laughs> bands. Who work with guys in Japanese restaurants and a guy. Uh, but as far as you know, the evolution. So, where does the songwriting process sit now, or is it still you and they execute? Or how how does it how does it work now that you have you know outside influences? Um, well, I always
6: have written the songs first, often demo them first, and up until this record that we're starting to work on now i've gone to the studio by myself first for a couple of weeks and laid laid it all out and then we learned them as a band after the fact mm. which was okay you know it's interesting but then you start coming up with these ideas that you wish you had thought of uh before you you know laid pressed it, down. it. Yeah. yeah so um Yeah, at this point, this is the first time we're really working out the tracks all together. Uh, I've recorded like 20 new demos for the new record since the summer, and kind of like slowly choosing which ones to work out with the band, and have that, have my demos, and meet somewhere in between this time. Got it.
3: Um, You want to play us another song?
6: Yeah, I'll play a new track that we've been... uh,
3: slow really really. and snacky tunes
7: <laughs> man I-
3: I want to go back to comment you said about um, going on the road, kind of like expanding and like opening. It's like, like, how is it? How's your world outlook, and how has being a musician changed since that first tour? You know, what have you kind of come to understand that you maybe didn't quite see beforehand?
6: Well, first off, there's a lot of uh, live music that I hadn't seen live before. It's totally different when you see someone doing it in real life, and you're like, oh, that's cool, that's possible, and it kind of just opens up that whole realm, and I don't know. It was just, you know, the whole thing about it was appealing to me, just being on the road, long drives, meeting new people, and uh, scraping by Doing what you love to do more than anything else. It was the first time that, you know, I had done it and realized it was possible, so I just wanted to continue doing that.
3: You know, it's very rare that anyone can say that they've done the thing they love to do the most.
6: Yeah, I have to be very good at telling myself that <laughs> um, because every now and then the, the real world swings at you pretty hard and you have to just reassure yourself that you're in the right place because there's there's nothing else that I would rather be doing and it's difficult sometimes um but yeah not to get all cheesy you you
3: get one shot so you may as well do what you love at all costs I mean I think that what a lot of people say and I'm sure chef you can weigh in on this is that like doubt Truly, never goes away, uh, and I think that if it does, um, you're living in a dangerous place. Yeah, where I,
4: th- I think the moment you think you make it, or the moment like you're like, ah, oh, we've arrived, or oh, ah, yeah. I got it, is the moment you actually suck, or the moment you start to fall off. So it's like, just don't, just like, just don't ever, just, just don't. Like, you'll you'll know when you've made it when you look back and you see like a fucking trail of you know shit kicked out of your way, you yeah, know, or like. It's funny they don't Or Trail really, of Shame. You haven't made it. You know. <laughs> they don't really uh,
3: teach that, or that's not really in society anymore, that it's going to be failure and you're going to have missteps. It's all about instant success and winning, and and no one tells you really that. I mean, and if the story is about struggle, it's a very nice, pre-packaged, really easy to swallow that at the end of the road of struggle, there'll be success. No one ever tells you that. It's mostly no's and failures. For a long time, that's sprinkled in with Achievement and things like that—it's tough.
4: Pe- pe- peppered lightly and seasoned with you know slight gratification, but the bottom line is, you know, as long as you're, if if you get on stage and you're happy, as you look into the mic and you're happy, dude. If if I look down the cutting board at, at like the fish I have, like that my knife is sharp enough to cut through this beautiful fish, like it's 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 like it's that moment, like hey, this is where we are, you know, like, like, yeah. this is this is where this is where this is what it's about. It's not about like it's not about reading your name in the paper or like you know like like. T- pushing some link on your phone to like some blog about you sort of thing like it's not it's not arriving you know arriving is being able to do what you love and not having and not having to be a fucking hobby pardon me you know like and not, not having to be like like you're you're not doing it on Saturdays and Sundays anymore right you're not in your mom's basement anymore you're doing what you want to do you know like I'm not just making sushi for my girlfriend on my day off now I'm not buying <laughs> salmon and making you know, like <laughs> salmon rolls, salmon rolls are like little salmon like tartars mm. anymore. Like I did when I was twenty four. You know, like lucky girl. You know, yeah, yeah. Tell her that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, fucking hobbies into uh, fucking careers is fantastic. No, yeah. dreams, <laughs> baby, dreams. Yes. And Aaron, dare, a dream. <laughs> dare to <laughs> dream. And Aaron, you were talking about this while we were playing a song. It's like now people are telling you, like you know, that it's a a career, or you know, using that using that word. Yeah, um,
6: it's just, uh, it's just starting to seem like it could, you know, turn into some sort of a sustainable thing for however long, you know, who knows. It's all been a very slow burn, and it's not, there's been no serious breaks or kind of buzz that just shot up. So I feel like a lot of people are rewarded. You know, a slow burn, it's a slow, steady, steadier success. You don't just yeah. shoot up and shoot down. So it's exhausting sometimes, and it's frustrating to just have been at it and just see, you know, so many of my friends just beating me to it. Mm. Um, but the what I've been thinking about lately is that even if i tried to stop i don't i couldn't so there's no point in wasting my time being upset about that shit i just have to yeah. just keep doing what i'm doing I mean, so you- yeah i'm hoping we got linked up with a nice booking agent working on the new record and so um, we'll
3: see tour in 2 weeks right
6: we're going on tour in 2 weeks yeah we're going out to chicago and back nice 18 18 dates in a row should be interesting. Are you going
3: out with anybody or is it
6: just going out with the band? Nice, um,
3: that's great. And you're headlining or you opening or
6: we're headlining. Yeah, I booked the that's whole awesome. thing DIY, man, DIY all to the max. It's um,
3: can you imagine doing that back in the day with no internet and emails?
6: I think about that every now yeah. and then because oh, when yeah. you start to book a tour, it is all consuming all for consuming. those three months leading up to it. You're just on the computer all day. Waiting for people to get back to you, and
3: it's like I need this one day to fall in place.
4: I mean,
3: yeah. let's be honest. I mean your your dreams should exhaust you. Like, yeah, that's just what it is. It's just <laughs> if, like if, it, you're if you're not tired, if you're not tired, I mean, a
4: lot
6: of love. well, the thing is, yeah, I mean, it's nice to have a booking agent now because like it's been those three out, months. Out. working on heart, music. John heart. Chavez. Hey, oh, man.
3: John is amazing. You're yeah. a beautiful man. Yeah, we're excited. <laughs> Dude, to be all the on PR board. people, all the book, all the guys and girls behind. The scenes, they're the best. I mean, they're the best. John is one of the hardest working booking agents yeah. I've ever met. You, you got a good guy. Yeah. You got, you a, good got, guy a, in court. got
6: a real good feeling
3: with him. Yeah. Um, so listen, we got to wrap it up because we have another show coming in. But uh, And we got one more song. We got one more song, but shout out to Shushiko. Uh, shout out to really Porches. Do you want to give us the nuts and bolts where people can find you online or in, you know, albums and all that stuff and
2: shows? Yeah,
6: you should check out Porches Music at Band dot shout out to Bandcamp. camp porches music dot shout out to Bandcamp. look us up on facebook ronald puri on tumblr
3: and wait, uh i sorry wait what is that on tumblr ronald puri okay. and uh for all booking choirs just reach out to john yeah hit up john oh can i mention one thing uh yeah. about sushi Co. that the soundtrack is like 90s hip-hop and it's amazing. It's... It's... It's, it's, we up it's just cool. a delicately made sushi thing that... And it's just uh, regulators. Yeah. Uh, Mount up. Mount up. Rich Mount up. Dick! Mount and up. Man. Last, <laughs> last thing is... um, We have our final... Oh, yeah. Uh, bar food blowout. Of the uh, first season. Of the first season, which is going extreme, extremely well. It's uh, on March 11th. Um, tickets are on sale now. Speedy Romeo. Justin in the house. And uh, Sin Kane, a uh, Snacky Tunes favorite, will be on the digital ones and twos. It's gonna... It's a uh, bar food march.eventbrite.com 20 bucks gets you a plate of food a shot of whiskey uh, from Powers and Brooklyn Brewery Beer yeah. 20 bucks so and you good. get to kick it with us and all the Tall Day Pork Slip guys will be in the house cool alright well uh, thanks for everyone coming by um, Aaron take us out uh, with one more what's the name of this song In the Mood Ooh, another nice. new jam <laughs> new jams here on Snacky Tunes <laughs>
7: I just wait around To hear the good news To hear the good news I just wait around